0: Welcome to Shared Instance, a podcast on iOS development by three iOS developers in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm Sam Corder.
1: I'm Alex Argo.
0: And I'm Alex Robinson. This is episode 71. Pencils down, guys. It's time to finalize the Swift beta. Well, the Swift specification, anyway. A little follow up. I guess they did go with the oh. public. <laughs> yeah, boo public classes are not subclassable by default unless they use the open keyword but it's not open public or public open it's just open so that's um i don't know i guess at least it's nice that the syntax is terse but
1: yeah
2: i suppose it's not too bad uh one of the things i was worried about was being able to do things like a partial mock of a third party library but it looks like if you do an add testable import, it'll make everything accessible. So you can still do your testing of third-party libraries with partial mocks. So you can subclass what essentially would be a final class and override specific methods um, just for the sake of testing.
0: Yeah. You know, actually, for things that you would mean to plug into if you got a class that it's going to be in your public API, and it's meant to be like plugged into something else, where you could have potentially multiple implementations of that, kind of like a database driver, for instance, it's actually good to just have a protocol to yeah that class inherits from.
2: Yeah, just, so you can encapsulate the dependency, right, and avoid having the it anyway for testing.
0: Yeah and there are, there are those people that would advocate that anytime you have a public class in a library that it should be following some kind of protocol and not just be a standalone class that that to me is a little extreme but it does make it easier when you want to switch out that implementation like for a unit test for instance
2: no comments I agree. <laughs> no comments. No, I. It, it, yeah, it's kind of the uh, design by interface, design by contract concept. Yeah, that, uh, used to be popular. Sometimes taken to an extreme. Um, so,
0: right, and it, if you're writing an app, chances are you're writing code that's going to integrate through a network connection rather than being a component of something else somewhere. Yeah. I wouldn't want UI button. Well, actually technically UI button does have its own little kind of protocol class kind of thing.
2: Yeah. And I expect something like that is intended to be subclass. So I I think it'll be open versus something like AV foundation would be left closed. Right
0: well u i buttons one of those weird class
2: clusters, yeah,
0: but in a way that the class cluster that thing that 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 class is defining is kind of a protocol, so it's probably a bad example for having to have protocols for all your public classes
1: well, an a v. foundation will be open just because it's objective c, so
2: mm-hmm for now. Right, yeah, true. Until they add some sort of annotation for the Swift generated code to not be subclassable or something.
0: (laughs) Oh, that would be interesting, yeah, something like that to come down in
2: Swift 4. Yeah, so I I don't know if that'll happen, but it's a possibility, but (laughs) yeah. the nice thing is, at least for a little while, we don't have to worry about any source code, Swift uh, language changes uh, for iOS 10 until uh, until the spring.
0: Yeah, so we're no longer writing legacy code as we write it.
2: Yeah. And <laughs> the intent is for source code compatibility to maintained, but not... In, it's it's more of a a goal than a than a certainty so we could see some breaking changes later on uh, they do plan to have a swift 3x release in the spring of next year and uh, swift 4 in the fall
1: do we know what's in the 3x release
2: i i think it's going to be mostly just cleanup and and revisions uh, they're going to have some minor releases along the way and then probably a 3.1 I I don't know what we'll see in that. Maybe it'll be things to make it. Uh, Honestly, I can't can't even, even guess. I know their top priority for Swift War is going to be ABI stability.
0: In three dot one, they're going to make the open keyword just do the same thing as public.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm calling it right now. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, There's some interesting things on the list for Swift 4. Uh, It's certainly not as high priority as the ABI stability, but uh, they're still planning to work on the string type. You know, apparently that's still going to continue to evolve. Probably have Mm -hmm. a different way of figuring out the number of characters in a string. (laughs) There's not enough ways to figure out the length and characters. Yeah. I mean, it's a... You know, when you have... Double byte characters, as well as ASCII characters. I, I guess it gets a little complicated to figure out how many characters is it really.
0: Oh yeah, triple and quadruple
2: actually, because
0: UTF UTF8 is a multi byte character set.
1: What's well, not? So it can go it's up like to... length of string though. It's not number of bytes in a string.
0: Well, it's <laughs> it's two different things, right? The number yeah. of characters can be different than the number of bytes.
1: Right. Yeah, but length is the number of characters.
2: Yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe.
1: Well, it should be.
2: Well, that, that's where <laughs> where the challenge comes is what all depends on what you consider the length to be. Right. The you can uh, call,
0: call it size, but that's another yeah. questionable name.
2: Yeah. And there's also still quite a few... Uh, functions on NSString string that don't exist on a Swift string. And I, I don't know if there's still plans of adding that be some of that behavior or if they just decided you know, these these things aren't necessary, so we're you know, if you really want to do it you can drop down the NSString, string. But we don't think it's really necessary for Swift to to support. Well there's quite a bit of scope creep
0: inside of NSString. String. Like Yeah. You shouldn't really get a path, you know, string by appending path component or whatever. Yeah. That's not the business of a string.
2: Yeah, I suppose. Uh, It seems like there's a few other appends that they decided to leave off. And it's not that you can't do it another way. Um, It just takes more work to do it the Swift way than to to use one of the methods in NSString. Right.
0: It's it's very convenient to use, but... From a single responsibility standpoint, those don't really belong there. Right.
1: That's fair. Are, are okay. NS strings toll free bridge to Swift strings? Yes. Okay. Yeah, NS string for the win then. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you just convert it all.
1: Yep. Yeah,
2: so yeah. An- another thing they have planned for Swift 4 is. Uh, First-class support for concurrency, uh, so we, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, still have a chance uh, for maybe not something like Rx, but something closer.
0: Is that more of a, a lib dispatch built right into the runtime?
2: The uh, uh, there was an email from Chris Latner on the on the mailing list that kind of detailed it out a little bit more, and he mentioned things like actors, uh, which I think might. I think that's a common pattern in maybe Erlang and some other languages for concurrency. Hmm. Uh, I don't think they've really settled on, on how they're going to approach it, but it's definitely high on the list after they get uh, the top priority done. Another thing that he called out was reflection and adding dynamic behavior to Swift. So that definitely (laughs) seems to be something that, uh, um, they plan to do so. It's you know s- some folks out there probably don't want it. You know want Swift to be kind of this this pure fun- more functional language without the dynamic features. But um, it looks like Chris Lautner anyway is as has plans to add those features. Whether it's pressure from the community or something he thinks needs to be there, it's uh, it's, it's it's on the list. So that's a good thing. I think
0: it's something that IBM wants to make it more enterprise worthy.
2: Well, I mean, if you're going to create server side frameworks for web and services and things like that, I mean, you can't drop down to, to NS object and objective C and get those dynamic features. So now, you know, Swift really is somewhat crippled by not having those features. Um, so making Swift a little bit more equivalent to Objective-C gives it a little bit more potential to be a tr- truly uh, multi-platform language.
0: Yeah, especially with the concurrency stuff that they'll be adding. It seems like Swift 4 will definitely be a server-focused or have a heavy service server-focus.
2: Yeah. And, you know, i'll I'll admit that you know some people might not agree that you need dynamic features to to be server side but it's uh yeah. Java's gotten away with it for years for not having that well they they have Java has reflection and has <laughs> things like dynamic proxies, so you can do a lot of maybe not truly dynamic behavior but you can build frameworks that can reflect on a class and and add in a sense behavior yeah
1: and do Especially. crazy stuff like inspecting private members and all that horrible things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Java
2: also has user-defined annotations and you know maybe we'll see that in Swift as well I don't I think I don't that know, would that's be a good an... thing or not, but well, yeah. if you want to build a dependency injection framework in Swift, uh, that's probably a better way than having like C macros or or some other solution
0: or but... big giant XML files. Yeah, yeah. So it would be it would be nice to see reflection going in there just from a a tooling standpoint.
2: Yeah. I, like I don't to... think KVO is necessarily going to be high on the list we have the stringly typed Mm -hmm. programming right but you know there's certain classes of of functionality that you can only get with reflection and and some of the features of Objective-C today yeah so these Swift being final we also got beta 4 drops of all the various bits so does that
0: beta include the latest greatest uh, keyword changes and things in Swift 3 or will that be coming down
1: I think the pipe a little bit later I think the key, the ones we were talking about look like they're all um uh, which one is that is that 17 no it's accepted awaiting implementation I think so there's like 10 or 12 proposals that have been accepted but are awaiting implementation
2: okay you know, we still have some more betas coming, uh, but I think we are approaching the finish line. I, I think uh, most people are expecting a media event, maybe the day after Labor Day. I think I saw some speculations on that. That would Just be pretty really early in September.
0: Yeah, exceptionally and another,
1: early. And not, well, that's the event, and then another two weeks later, you'd probably, you know, be able to get get all the things they announced.
2: To get yeah. them in your well, hands, I th- yeah. I think they were thinking that would be the announcement of the new iPhone, and then pre-orders would be that Friday.
1: Although I think I think last year, they didn't they release iOS 9 before the devices came out? Seems like it.
0: Yeah, they, they do that, because as soon as they show... Or what was it? Was it as soon as the pre-order started? Or actually, was it as soon as the, the announcement? Event. Yeah. they yeah, over... Next day.
1: Needless to say, I think uh, iOS 10 is kind of snuck up on me personally. We're, you know, weeks away now, not months. And it's like, oh, yeah, should gotta, gotta <laughs> get all this stuff done now. <laughs> make sure yeah. this works. Yep.
2: So there's still time to get those message apps written. Couple weeks, yeah.
1: Yeah, nice. I think I just saw that you can actually at least test flight beta them now to other people. So, yeah, you yes. can share all your cool secret apps that you've been working on saying with us.
0: <laughs> I've been working on getting married.
1: So. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> you were at one point working on an iMessage app.
0: I did, yeah. <laughs> I was working on it. And, and actually, message apps are so small in general that it wouldn't take a whole lot of effort, I think, to polish it up and ship it. There, there are some catches in there, I think, because not being able to display everybody's username or name is kind of awkward because you just get those tokens but there, there's definitely ways around it i would think
1: all right let's let's see your uh sam's app be number one on uh ios 10 release day his messaging app it's gonna be awesome
0: <laughs> well yeah well i've heard, seen or read, listened on other podcasts where people are talking about how they can actually even monetize these message apps it's one thing to write a message app and get it out there, but it's another thing to actually get any money out of it.
1: What? How can you monetize them?
0: Well, that's the thing. It's a, it's a small little screen or a little area of a screen, and I guess you can monetize it a lot like any other app where maybe you do in-app purchases to unlock functionality or something. But
1: Yeah, like more sticker packs or something like that.
0: Yeah, there's not a lot of room for like, like a ad bar or something.
2: Yeah, ads would be difficult and very annoying. <laughs> yeah, but, yes uh, to both. <laughs> yeah, subscriptions could be a little bit weird as well, but I don't, I'm not aware of anything that would prevent you from doing a subscription.
0: Yeah, it seems like it would work fine.
2: It's... Yeah, especially if you had a, if it was a companion to, a standalone app, yeah, just an extension. So that wouldn't be too bad, but
1: it seems uh, like that you, you probably have the subscription for something as part of the main app that didn't just include whatever functionality was in your messaging app though. Maybe I'm wrong.
2: I think in most scenarios that would would be true. I'm sure people will come up with creative ways of uh, testing the boundaries.
1: Yeah. I'm sure we'll, We'll see some interesting stuff when you can actually download all these these new things. I mean, I remember last year with content blockers, I thought there was going to be hundreds of them. It turns out there weren't that many of them, so if you just you know got got it done, you had a good shot at it
2: yeah, yeah, I think when your Marco Armand talked about that on under the radar about he he figured he'd be one of of many with his app yeah. his content blocker and then it turned out he was like the number one extension
0: till he felt guilty about it
2: yeah so he took it off store and you know it was more than guilt it was the you know there were potential legal liability issues with blocking content and and hate mail from people saying they're ruining
1: turns out it's a shady business to be in <laughs> yeah <laughs>
2: Well, so. yeah, anything to do with ads and
0: getting rid of ads. It's all kind of.
2: And there's there certainly really good content producers out there that have to rely on ads to to pay for for the content? time and effort <laughs> yeah. to create the content. Right. So, you know, those people deserve to be compensated as well. It'd be nice if they didn't have to rely on ads, but that's the way the market is. Yeah,
1: people don't like to pay for stuff, turns out. So <laughs> who they, knew they all,
0: they pay one way or another, yeah, no matter what,
1: Yep. speaking of of other apps that got updated, uh we finally got the actual real uh fourth gen apple t v remote app update. You can do Siri, you have a little touchpad on there, you can use it as a game controller, it's finally there. I've updated uh is the apple t v remote update out yet dot com dot com is apple tv remote update out yet yep yes it is links there or you can probably just search for it in the app store but now i don't have to update that that uh, website anymore <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh you made what one update to it
1: oh yeah there's this weird state where they release an update that lets you do like text input and stuff uh which was super helpful but it wasn't the full promised gyroscope every- access, all that stuff, yeah. So, yeah. now we have all that stuff.
0: So, did you make like a thermometer or something? You kind of went up the level to got to be I, perfect?
1: I think before it was it said kinda. <laughs> and it <with laughs> a little explanation. That gotcha. A better one was coming out. But now it's legit, it's all here.
0: And you didn't have ads on there, so you didn't make any money from it.
1: Yeah, well I don't think I had many people go into it either, so... <laughs> <laughs>
0: it must have been the url
1: yeah i i can barely remember it in half the time but we'll put it in the show notes <laughs> but uh yeah not a lot happened this week just you know people are trucking on with their betas and stuff um
0: this could be our last beta
1: don't uh, you think no not
2: if, not if they saw Swift 3 um genders yeah. to implement so yeah. we'll see at least one more.
1: And I was but, I was looking at that like iOS release times thing and I don't think a major OS update has only had four betas ever.
0: Right. Uh iOS 9 had 5 and then but the fifth one between the fifth one and the launch
1: they had 6, was, didn't it? Sometimes um, they call them a, like GM a GM2 GM
0: Yeah, the They had some kind of thing, but it was like right after, no, no, I'm sorry. I think it was, they had four and then there was a little bit of a pause between four and five and then five came out. It still had some bugs that were in it because I remember thinking of, because we had issues in our app and I was hoping that they would actually fix these problems. And they did, but they didn't actually get a fix for it until the last minute. Like, actually, now I'm thinking about. I think this might have been iOS eight that the problem was in. Because nine, yeah, nine, yeah, it was definitely eight. Because nine, we thought we were fine, 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 and then the little force touch issue kind of <laughs> messed us up.
1: Yeah, yeah. Who knows? We'll probably get some update with some new API. Chunks when the new phones come out, too, for whatever they're. Unless there's not a new API to remove support for the headphone jack, I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's probably some kind of audio source constant or something.
1: Yeah, does everything have an iPhone or a, a headphone jack now? I think it does, doesn't it?
2: Yes, yes. Yeah. Currently, yeah.
0: Except for the watch.
1: Well, yeah. yeah. It's another variable yeah. to account for, I guess.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, like the watch and the Apple TV, but yeah, they don't really need headphone jacks.
2: Right. But they do support Bluetooth.
0: Right. So does the Apple TV support like a Bluetooth headphone?
2: Yep. Yeah, but I actually use a Bluetooth headset uh, with the Apple TV when I exercise. Huh. I oh, didn't know up. that. That's cool. Yeah. Only- the only annoying thing about it is, and I, I think it's just the cheap pair of uh, Bluetooth headphones that I have, but I have to reconnect it every single time.
0: Mm. Oh, hmm. but still, that's that's something. I...
2: Yeah, it actually when it works, it works really well. Like once it's connected, I've been happy with that. But yeah, uh, you know, the reconnecting is a little bit annoying. But I I do think it's more of the headphones.
1: Yeah, that's cool. I'll have to try that out. So, uh, did you guys see this blog post by uh, Uncle Bob came out a couple days ago as we record called The Churn?
2: <laughs> I didn't see it, but I, I typically do enjoy Uncle Bob's uh, rants. I mean, yeah, it starts
1: I... off, did you hear about the guy who said goodbye to OO? Hmm. <laughs> He's just kind of like, okay, OO is dead. There's the next big thing is here. It happens to be, I don't know, microservices, Elixir, React, uh, functional programming, whatever it is. One of the, the kind of interesting things I hadn't seen anyone articulate before was that there is this kind of concept of uh, with software, we've kind of been making uh, logarithmic uh, growth in terms of software and processes and stuff like that, uh, over time. So, you know, we're at the point now where we change everything up every, you know, year or two, but we don't really get that much better. But in the beginning we had binary, which really sucked. And then, uh, assembly language was like so much better. And then after that we had Pascal, which was pretty cool compared to assembly. And then we got C, which is, Better than Pascal and C++, which was C++ and, you know, Java and Ruby and all that stuff came along. And same with, like, uh, development methodologies. We had Waterfall, which not very good. (laughs) Then (laughs) we had Agile, which improved things a bunch. You know, we've had Lean, Kanban since then. And things are, you know, maybe getting a little better at this point. But I wonder if it's just something with our industry that we've... Kind of hit a roadblock in terms of being able to make things thousands of times better than they used to be.
0: Well, uh, to me, that that article kind of came off as crazy old angry man yeah. who doesn't want to give up Java.
1: Well, and the the other part to it too is that we we do reinvent the wheel every you know every year or so and say, oh, there's this cool new thing you should do everything in it, and then. It's like, oh, well, we give up all of, the, all of the progress we've made on other things, like his fancy Java IDEs that, hey, they actually have refactoring support, unlike Swift still, so.
0: <laughs> you need a website. Is there fact- refactoring support for Swift yet?
1: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but Yeah,
0: well, but sometimes you give up, some, give up on something because it's a dead end. And you just don't want to keep going on that. But at the same time, there's always been factions out there, right?
1: Yeah. You
0: had people that clung to their C or their C++ or their Pascal and even their COBOL, right? You've always had groups of programmers espousing one thing or another. And sometimes those things were great. Sometimes they people just thought they were great. You look at Perl or PHP and my favorite javascript. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> none of those things are all that great.
1: Yeah, I mean it's easy to get caught up in whatever the new thing is, uh for sure, but you know, there are there are specific applications, you know, that maybe this this new thing is good for and that new thing is good for and maybe you should use some old technology for, you know, this other thing. Um, but Seems like a lot of times, just like you, just waste time learning whatever the new thing is, and it never really gets good enough until the next new thing comes out. <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> so, is this your excuse for not learning Swift?
1: Yes, that Uncle Bob is. Uh, <laughs> Explain why I don't don't do Swift yet.
0: You're the crazy old man who doesn't want to give up his Objective C.
1: Well, they need to stabilize it first. I'm going to let you guys blaze that path, like I said before, and. Once we have a stable AVI, maybe. Although it seems like Swift three is pretty good. I don't know.
0: No. Yeah, and I'm kind of jet- dreading that migration from two to three. I haven't really tried it out too much, but I I hear you got to put in a lot of a lot of uh, colons and things in <laughs> places.
2: Yeah, it's it's a little bit of a a hump, I think. That, but you're probably looking at a few hours to a day or two, depending on how much Swift code you have. But once you're past it, you're past it. Yeah. And I guess the migrator doesn't really help you
0: out too much there.
2: Yeah. I, I think every beta they they've tried to make it better. Uh, so hopefully, you know, if people keep logging radars, by the time we get the final GM of Xcode, um, the number of, corner cases should be much smaller.
0: Hopefully. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I I think they did a better job this year of trying to get people to try it out. Like they, you know, they made a point at dub dub asking people to, to try it out and log radars where before I think, uh, you know, there certainly were, were issues and that didn't get fixed, uh, by the GM and maybe to some degree that's because they didn't proactively go asking for people working on large swift projects to to try it out as much as they did this year and i'm i'm crossing my fingers and i'm hoping that it will be better
0: yeah and for for me at work it won't be too big of a deal we don't have we have we are doing a lot more in swift now but it's still a small portion of our project. Growing every day, but still small compared to the rest of it.
1: So, are you guys going to convert all that Objective C over to Swift? No. No?
0: Okay. <laughs> As we go, you know, working on new things or.
1: Yeah, that seems like yeah. the pragmatic approach.
2: Yeah. yeah, I haven't encountered too many people who've thrown out the Objective C and start from scratch, at least not with any sizable project. Um, There are definitely some notable, well-known apps that uh, Apple has mentioned as doing rewrites, but most of the people I've talked to just added Swift and not not replaced the Objective-C.
1: Well, but sometimes you know, gigantic apps just go through complete rewrites. Yeah, yeah. Period. And so if you're going to do a rewrite, then I would say let's do it in Swift. Let's not bother with the old stuff. That makes sense. Yeah, but I
2: think there has to be some other motivation other than just a new language.
1: I would, yeah, I certainly would hope so.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You can get rid of that OO and put some functional stuff in there. (laughs) Right. And get rid of your refactoring too while you're at it. Yeah, Yeah. So guys, uh, I think that's about it for this week Why don't you guys say where you can be found on the internets I'm at Sam Corder on Twitter
1: I'm at Alex Argo
2: I'm at AJ Robinson on Twitter And show notes for this episode Can be found at sharedinstance.com And uh, join our Slack chat at chat.sharedinstance.com and ask us questions and share some of your apps and we can talk about them on the show.
0: All right, cool. Cool.